the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual. So here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I'm Leonora. Yay! <laughs> she, okay, she moved back. I moved back. And she's here for real. I'm in, here for real. In real. This is three people in a room at a table. <laughs> it's so rare that we get to do it that way, huh? So let's do five-minute masters. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, Alex, you're the traditional. I'm the first one. You're the traditional first, so. Um. So I have been doing poetry research, as I as I do. Uh huh. As a, as a as a poet. A poet. Um. Let me pull up my research. So um, <laughs> all this week at work, I've been doing some. I was really looking for examples in historic literature or myth of um drowning okay because uh, i have a, a an uncle who died before i was born who i at least jumped into a river and died i don't know if he drowned um so there turns out are very few myths about drowning mm-hmm. um which was really interesting and so the only one that really came up was narcissus mm. um and even then it's like not really drowning right. because he became a flower. Right? Yeah. Um, but I, I so I, I did was doing research on Narcissus, which mm-hmm. is a myth that is pretty familiar to a lot of people. I feel it's like. definitely one of the bigger it's ones. It's one of the big right. ones. It's like you hear about Echo, you hear about Narcissus, and and it, I mean it's a it's a common term that we get right, from exactly. it, and so people kind of know the, the the context. It's it's a psychological term. It's a species of flower like there's a lot involved with it Um, yeah it's one of the ones that you learn as a kid the associations fill in the blanks exactly Mm -hmm. yeah um and so and even like as any kid like in middle school or in elementary school like reading a picture book version of it Mm -hmm. you know of like he fell in love with his own reflection and turned into a flower there you go (laughs) they're just like don't be narcissist look at what happens yeah um, (laughs) um so I was doing research, uh, Wikipedia, and and I also read um, at least the excerpts, including Narcissus in um, Ovid, mm-hmm. um, which I really want to read. Metamorphosis, Ovid, yeah. Mm-hmm, because it's just like really tough, but brief. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like each section is like this thick. Yeah, it's, it's like a paragraph sometimes. But it's but dense. it's just like what? Yeah. What was this translator thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And so I, I, um, one thing that really caught me was um, a painting of Narcissus. And I'm trying to remember the name of the... Oh, man. I think I know the painting is so beautiful. It's haunting. Oh, I'll show it to you. And it's on the Wikipedia. I just, I love, I love paintings of myths. <laughs> right. And this, one, this one's, a, this one's a, a more modern version, too. It was in the 1700s. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so it's a Caravaggio painting. Mm, Caravaggio. Oh, I have seen it. Isn't it stunning? I love it. It's like beautiful mm, and I just love like Caravaggio. so stark. Yeah. Well, and it's just this great image because it's a it's an unbroken circle with his reflection, his mm-hmm. arms reaching over, yeah. touching his arms, yeah. and it, it's it's just like this closed loop of and just nothing personal. In yeah. Yes. It's just him and the mirror. And it's just surrounded by it's it's just beautiful n- darkness. Narcissism in an image. Well, <laughs> like but, it's the perfect here's, here's, because I'm sort of approaching it from trying to understand why somebody would jump into a river. Yeah. I'm sort of trying to plug the myth back into that. Mm. And I'm like, now 
what is the real reason he's looking at his reflection? Mm-hmm. Because right. there's evidence in the text, at least to me, as a first-time reader of it, yeah, um, that it's a lot more to do with self-acceptance. Hmm. And so there's definitely something else there. And, like, the punishment does not fit the crime right. because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a crime. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's been a it's been a grip for me, but uh, isn't it like he was sort of cursed to do like it wasn't just like his natural inclination to become obsessed yeah. with this reflection? It, it was an augury. Yeah. It, 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 it was foretold. Okay. That he would fall in love with himself to his doom. Uh huh. Because like, there's other you know the, that's not the only thing that ever happened in Narcissus. Like he's got a story before yeah. that. Right. But it's sort of like it feels very like oh he didn't really love people even though everybody loved him. It's like, okay, step off. Like, yeah. Is he obligated? <laughs> him do him. Yeah. Like, the, the, the wording, at least in the translation I was reading, was like, uh, yeah, girls, he didn't like girls, he didn't like boys, like, he just... What's wrong them. with that? What's wrong with it? Right. <laughs> um, and so, and then, of course, Echo's there, and she's like, oh, you're so cute. But she can't, like, let yeah. him know that. Um, yeah. So it's just, it just feels like a... a ri- Anyway, at the end, he gets turned into a flower, mm-hmm. which is basically a, da- a daffodil. Yeah, a narcissist. Um, and it just seems like really mean of a punishment for... But then again, I'm also tackling with the fact that maybe it's not a punishment. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because the, you know, the metamorphoses, they're not all detrimental transformations. The thing is, though, as Western culture we see them as fables of, like, mm-hmm. their um, lessons. Yeah, or, right. We've got to, we've yeah, got to we find to, the moral. You have to impose the well, moral. But like, parables. Yes. Isn't, mm-hmm. isn't the story of Apollo and Daphne also in the Metamorphoses? And that one is actually very similar, a transformation into a plant. But right. in that case, it was to rest. It was to save her because mm-hmm. right. Apollo's coming after her yeah. as they do, right. and her father, the river, turns her into a tree to save her from Apollo. Right. So yeah. it's just it's it's tough because all the translations are Western, mm-hmm. so right. it's like so okay, here is the goddess, the god the will of the gods being like this isn't good i'm going to turn you into a plant mhm when it i i can also think about it like oh you're trapped right. looking at your reflection i'm going to give you a new life mhm cuz um, like what, it doesn't sound so bad being a it, flower being but he was just going to sit there anyway right <laughs> being the way they describe it like and daffodils are fucking cool. They're great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, honestly, there's a lot of, of tradition in Greek myths of, of positive transformations. You know, uh, uh, Daedalus yeah. tried to murder mm-hmm. his nephew because he was too good at inventing. He's like, you can't invent things. I'm the inventor here. <laughs> and he turns um, Perdix, or, uh, no, he pushes Perdix off a cliff and then uh, Athena transforms him into a bird to save him. Mm-hmm. And it's a low nesting bird <laughs> because they're not going to fall off no cliffs anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting, though. I like that sort of yeah. trying to find a new perspective on that yeah, myth. Yeah, because it, it, and, and I think also we take a lot of negative uh, connotation for narcissists just because of narcissism. Right. 
Looks like um, Freud. Maybe you shouldn't have liked. Yes, yeah, step off. <laughs> Sigmund. Narcissism is something people. Yes, love Sigmund. It. You had your own shit you were dealing with. He was a narcissist too. Oh yeah. Stop prescribing cocaine to people. You cokehead. <laughs> okay, I'm done. All right. How about you, Leonora? What do you got for us? I have one of the, my favorite Wikipedia pages open. Ooh. <laughs> the list of non-human electoral, electoral candidates. Yay! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, these are animals who are candidates for public office. <laughs> yes! Uh, <laughs> um, regale it, regale it. The, Please. the earliest one we know of was a billy goat <laughs> named Yo-Yo. <gasps> Icon. Who was elected a city councilor <gasps> of a city in Brazil that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Wow. Good job, Brazil. Um, <laughs> right? We need more goats we in need office. More, right, especially in Brazil right now. I mean... <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the most famous one is Stubbs the Cat. Right. Who was elected mayor of Talkeetna, Alaska in 1997 and held the position until he died <laughs> some 20 years later. Holy <laughs> moly! Wow. Just shows you how useful mayors are. <laughs> <laughs> so they must have elected a kitten. Yes. He was elected for the purpose of being a tourist attraction. Okay. Right. To the town. And he drew 30 to 40 tourists each day. <gasps> Wow. <laughs> Good job, Stubbs. <laughs> um, every afternoon, Stubbs went to a nearby restaurant and drank water laden with catnip out of a wine glass. <laughs> the decadence! No wonder he lived to 20. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that also makes me feel like they lured him there with catnip. <laughs> I mean, cats get very into a schedule, and they know That's when true. it's their turn to get something. Yeah. All right. Most of them, I feel like, are dogs or cats. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the animals that you tend to have around. The, and that you personify. The town of Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, has had more than one dog mayor, and <laughs> has never had a human mayor. <laughs> Amazing. Whoa! Good for them. Let's move there. Yeah. Um, there's another goat. <laughs> In Fairhaven, Vermont. Imagining the second goat elected. Actually, <laughs> apparently this this goat um, is currently the mayor of Fairhaven, Vermont. Cool. Um, we had lots of dogs, lots of cats. There was a mule in the town of Milton, Washington in 1938. Well, doesn't Ridgefield? Ridgefield had um, an, a dog that um, used to uh, work at the hardware store. <laughs> Oh. Who was not elected, but was considered for the position of mayor. Yes. <laughs> he's a candidate. And he, well, he's still on the sign of the hardware store, even though he's passed. Oh. And they still have dogs that hang out there as part of the family business. It's very <laughs> wonderful. That's so They're sweet. little uh, boxers, I think, or like the oh, smaller oh, boxers. Oh, Amazing. boss interiors. Boss boss interiors. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the smaller version of boxers. <laughs> That's what they are. <laughs> Remind me of that. Do you ever see that video of the girl who's never seen Star Wars trying to tell the plot of Star Wars? I think so. Where she's think, like, yeah. she thinks she knows how it goes, and so her boyfriend or whoever's like, okay, tell me Star Wars. Yeah. 
and she calls Chewbacca a deformed Ewok. <laughs> and, and he's like, what? And she's like, he looks just like him. <laughs> he's just tall. He looks he's just like tall. him. Oh, it's a very wow. bad. She also calls Han Solo Hans Solo. <laughs> she thinks his name is Han. He's like, oh, Hans? <laughs> and he's, she's like, yeah, Han, Han Solo. <laughs> so cute. Oh. Well, any other notable animals? There are no other notable animals who won. Oh, well, the There's losers. definitely some interesting candidates. <laughs> um, oh, this is a good one. There was a rhinoceros at the Sao Paulo Zoo who in 1958 won 100,000 votes for the city council. <laughs> more than any other candidate. And the rhinoceros's name is Kakariko. Kakariko? What? And now, apparently in Brazil, a protest vote is called a Kakariko vote. Oh, I get that's cool. That's, that's really great. Yeah. What a legacy. I think that might be the best one. I think it is. That's a lasting impact. Yeah. Well, that that was delightful. What a fun lift up. Yeah, we need a little levity. Uh, And now to bring us back down. No, actually, I'm stepping into mythology as well. Okay. Well, we are who we are. We are who we are. You guys don't know it yet. It's It's your fault. True crime, fantasy, and mythology. Yep. Welcome to our home. Uh, so we started watching Carnival Row. We briefly mentioned it. Um, we'll have to talk. We'll have to do a whole episode. We'll have to do a whole episode. But um, it gets into a lot of really interesting real life folklore. It's drawing a lot on that. Um, it doesn't take place on Earth, but it's inspired by a lot of Earth mythology, especially Celtic and Welsh fairy myths. And the fairies come from a place called Turninok. And so I want to talk about the Earth mythological location of Tirnanog, which is the Irish fairy world. Yes. Love it. I love Irish mythology. Now, I'm probably pronouncing Tirnanog wrong. <laughs> I'm probably going to pronounce everything wrong. Irish is hard and I don't know it well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, so it's one of the names for the Celtic Otherworld or perhaps part of it. Um... It's best known for its part in the tale of Oshin and Niv, I think is how those names are pronounced. Um, Oshin was a human hero and Niv was the fairy woman that he loved. Um, There are various other difficult names for <laughs> the Irish Otherworld that I'm not even going to try, but there's a lot of them. Uh, Tirnanog means uh, land of youth or land of the young. Um, you know, the idea that it's, a, you know, it's an undying place uh, to s- separate it from the mortal world. Um, it's an island, a beautiful island of everlasting youth, beauty, health, abundance, and joy. Um, and it's inhabited by the Tuatha de Danann, which I Yeah, I mean, that's how I've always said it. It may not be correct. Uh, But they were sort of the um, gods of pre-Christian Ireland. And over time, they sort of folklorically transformed into fairies. Uh, But yeah, originally, they were more like deities. 
Um, but they were really cool, you know, poetry, <laughs> music, feasting, very good stuff. All the best shit. All the yeah. best shit. Yes. Gotta go to Fairyland. <laughs> uh, you know, heroes often would get to go to Tirnanog after like a long journey or an invitation from one of its residents. Uh, there were lots of different sort of ways that one could arrive in Tirnanog, um, entering like burial mounds or caves, uh, going underwater, uh, traveling on a magic boat. Like there were, there were lots of ways to get to Tirnanog. Um, but it was, um, ruled by the god, okay, let's try it, uh, Mananon Maclear. Uh, he was the god of death, um, described as, like, a warrior. Sometimes he was depicted with a daughter with, like, a golden helmet. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh is described as being very, very beautiful, um, but dangerous to humans uh you know meadows and forested wilderness and beautiful stuff but but a very dangerous place uh for for humans to go to uh also there is a salmon inhabited well because irish mythology and salmon it's a whole thing (laughs) um so and i think that that's where the salmon from the uh gosh what's his name um Fionn Macwall, I think is his name, is this very important Irish hero that ended up, so he helped this guy, he, this guy was sitting there by this well trying to catch one of these salmon because if you eat one, you learn all of the knowledge in a whole world. And the guy's like, I've been waiting for this, by this well for years. And Fionn's like, I'll help. Um, and so finally, finally, they managed to catch a salmon and um, the dude's like, all right, let's cook up this salmon. Don't touch it. Just <laughs> wait, okay? I have to go do something real quick. And um, Fionn's like, just like helping sort of cook. The, he's like turning the salmon so it doesn't burn. And he like gets some of the like salmon fat, like the oil on his thumb. And he's like, oh, ow. And puts his thumb in his mouth. And then suddenly he knows everything in the world. Oh. He takes his thumb out of his mouth. He doesn't know it anymore. So Fionn McQual had all of the knowledge of the world, but only while sucking his thumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tunadok seems like a pretty cool place. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it would have been more proactive instead of attempting to catch a fish at a well for years and years to maybe go learn how to catch a fish and then come back. Yeah, I don't really remember the story that well. There is probably a good reason. He had some flaws. I mean, these are magic salmon. Probably to protect it from other people, too. It's a very magic salmon. But yeah, I just love the idea of a guy who has all the knowledge of the world, but you have to, like, suck your thumb in order to know that. It's adorable. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. (laughs) We just, literally just, got done watching The Silence of the Lambs. And I am the only one who had seen it before. So this is a very exciting day for everybody. (laughs) We're just over here, like, sweating and, like, wringing our hands. We're like, we don't know what to do. Yeah, we've just been, like, sitting on pins and needles, just waiting to get everything set up. 
Okay, so Silence of the Lambs, 1991. It won the big four at the Oscars. I don't think it deserved it. I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> what? What? What performances? What a film. What, right? what, a, what a film. What? Um, the director of photography on this movie... Killed yeah. it? Killed it. Yeah. <laughs> Killed it. <laughs> and then ate it. <laughs> but like, okay. So, I don't even know where to begin. I know. Yeah. Okay, the audience, if, if, you're, if you're a regular listener... You're already well aware of my great affinity <laughs> for Thomas Harris's great stories, his terrifying characters. So you know where I'm coming from on this film already. Newcomers. Should we be giving background about how much we knew going in? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you guys talk okay, a little sure. bit about coming into this movie, what your expectations were? So I think I've, I've seen very few. Growing up, I saw a couple scenes passing by when they were on TV from either this one and or Hannibal. It's kind of a so ubiquitous film. Like, like yeah. any sort yeah. of concrete thing, except for in the last couple of months, I did do watch a couple of the scenes, primarily the interview scenes between Clarice and Hannibal. Those are the scenes to watch. To watch. <laughs> um, so that's all I had was those couple cell interview scenes. Mm-hmm. What about you, Leonora? I have never read any of the books. I've seen, I saw the first season of Hannibal the show when it aired. Oh, honey, we're going to have to I fix know. that. I <laughs> I and I was like, this year it's going to happen. Um, I had seen, I think the only bit that I had actually been shown in freaking Clark College intro to film class, we watched five minutes of it one time. That's a disservice to the film, I think. <laughs> and to the students in the class. Yeah. Yes. Which scene did they show? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember for sure. I think it might have been the bit where they're surrounding the house. Oh. Whoa. Okay. So, so the like, the, 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 the... Was trying to demonstrate intercutting. Uh-huh. Okay. Wait, so they just, like, gave a... They gave away the twist? I think they stopped right before. Right before the door opens. But that class was really, that teacher was really big on showing like the very ends of movies. We watched just the end of Barton Fink in that class. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the climactic but, but okay. scene. Like, I, I, get, I get the demonstration of intercutting in, in that uh, sequence. And it's a good sequence. It is. But of all the scenes to show in that movie... So that was the only bit I had seen before, but I had not seen the bit where she opens the door. So you 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 were still surprised. I was stunned. I got it like Good. thirty seconds before. I was like, it's either going to be her or Hannibal at the door. Yeah, because it just it couldn't be it that easy. It couldn't be that. Oh, of course it couldn't be that easy. This is the climax of the film. Something yeah. has to go wrong. Right. But the things that I knew about it going in were the um... the hard stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, because that's what people talk about. You know, I they talk about Bill. Basically, only heard people complain about it. And I, I get that. I mean, especially when a film is so popular and mm-hmm. successful, it's like, well, yeah, like, but, but what else? It was a you surprising know? experience for me because I realized that I had heard people talk at length about two scenes in a two-hour movie. Yeah, <laughs> Bill doesn't show up a lot in the movie. No. So. Yeah, and and I get I get why people I, focus on them. I do. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're, they're, I feel they're, like they're upsetting. 
it's funny because that's like probably what I'm gonna end up talking about. But like, yes, I mean because what can what can we say? Uh, we obviously, can't argue we're with really the rest of the movie. We're gonna yeah, we're no, gonna want to talk yeah. a little about like wow that was great. Yeah. Wow, Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Wow, Jodie Foster. Like, can you like, even? It's kind of unassailable. Like, there's yeah. no oh, yeah. most of it. I was. It's a very well made film. I knew it was gonna be a good movie because obviously, but like. I wasn't expecting to have my jaw on the on yeah, the floor yeah, the whole no, time. Me neither. It was so fun every, to sit every, between you guys every, watching this film. Every shot was immaculate. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and so detailed, but effortless. And I, I mean, I really, really, and like the more I watch it, the more I really love the very quiet story of yeah. a woman. Trying yeah. to be in the FBI and everything is stacked against her. I have to say two things I love about that specifically. Mm-hmm. It gives her a friend who's also a woman. And, and a woman of color. I feel like that's pretty exceptional. For 1991? 1991 for a movie that takes place and directed by men. Mm-hmm. And Based on a book written by a man. I feel like most movies just when they try to do a storyline like that, it's like very black and white and they're can't. And they also never point out the male gaze, which is this movie is all about. It's they, all male look gaze. Look how creepy the male gaze is. <laughs> that was the other thing I love is that they 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 show her they just show it. They she's show so uncomfortable. Her, her discomfort in a way that makes the viewer identify with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you, so you've got, you know, the, I mean, you like. The the beginning credits are still rolling, and yes. she gets into that elevator yeah, with, with like a bunch, of, a bunch of like six foot dudes, all in yeah. Oh, like, and I'm like, yes, here we are. <laughs> this is the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. I mean, it, it just keeps yeah. hitting you with that, and it doesn't it doesn't get stale. It's no, just like, no, but you're just every like, time you're like, oh. she's alone in a room with one person, and I'm terrified. She's alone in a room with ten men, and I'm terrified for her. Yes, and I wasn't expecting that to be the first thing that made me terrified for her. Mm -hmm. But that's such a smart call on their part. But also, you're like, holy crap, she's the bravest woman alive. Yes, so brave when she goes into the storage container. (sighs) She's so brave. I love Clarice the way she's just like you can tell she's so terrified of Hannibal when they first meet, but she is just. Holding it together. She's holding it together. Well, he... What I noticed for myself is that he, at least first, seems to be the one that's not necessarily objectifying her. Yeah. He's past that. He's, <laughs> but he's trying to... He's, he's, he's trying, trying to, to act, that. Yeah, he's trying to, to be get, like, I'm not like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, given his chance, he does the stupid little finger swipe. Yeah, and I mean, like, he's exactly like everybody yeah. else. Mm. Maybe Absolutely. not for the same reasons Absolutely. because he's gonna, he wants to eat her, <laughs> but but he's, he's, he's able to manipulate her into yeah. assuming that that, that he's he the safe one. Her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that he's like, I'm on your team. Do you think that to any degree Hannibal Lecter does respect her more than the other men? Oh. It's really hard to tell. It is right. <laughs> it, it well, and like, I think he does because he admires her. Um, her forthcoming, like, what's the word that he used? Uh, frankness? Yes. 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 And her. and I think he's more interested in who she is as a human being. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which sets him apart as, like, a psychopath yeah. from 
James Gum, yeah. who has to objectify his victims in yeah. order to victimize them. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter's like, no, I respect you very yeah. much as a human being, exactly. and someday I hope to devour you. <laughs> like, that's his thing. Yeah. He's like a whole... And, and she says that. He, there is not a word for what he yeah. is. He has he's good at signifying that he theoretically does. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's manipulative. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about Jack Crawford? I was more interested in him than I was expecting. Right? Because he looks like the most boring person. (laughs) Right? With his 1991 glasses and his fucking suits. He looks so boring, but he's he's manipulating her just as much Mm as Annabelle is. Yeah, absolutely. it's really, like... Yeah, like, and, and, I mean, it it is kind of an interesting thing that they've set up with... Hannibal versus Crawford, considering yeah. they're never in a room together in yeah. the entire film. They talk it, about each other. They a lot. talk about each other a <laughs> lot. And it's like, it's sort of the one trying to use Clarice mm. against the other. Oh, yeah. And yeah. They, they're both using her to their own yeah. ends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Hannibal does respect Clarice and he knows that she's intelligent and capable. And Jack is the same way, but ultimately he is still using yes. her just yes. like Hannibal is. She's them flirting with each other. <laughs> she's the conduit yeah. for them. Yeah, and she deserves better than that, frankly. Yeah, she does. And I think she gets better in that, than, than that in the movie. She but, gets... Mm-hmm. Well, because at the end, she shakes Crawford's hand. And, and it's it's the, it's it's so the same... Close. It's the same... But yeah. it's the same shot yeah. as the finger touch. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the same yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. It's like but it's he so... makes shows of respecting her, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he also does disrespectful things when he yes. when he leaves, leaves her, her with the cops. Yes. And it's interesting because like when they talk about that on the ride back, mm-hmm. she was, puts like, him in his one place. Of the most fascinating things for me. Right. But he, she does. But then the way that he responds to that, he's like, "You're like, right." He's he's kind of he says something like he's noted it like he knows that, uh, that he, to use her effectively he can't pull that shit anymore. But right. That's, he's that's like, oh, he's, he's that's, calculating. That's the level in which he understands. Mm-hmm. It. He's calculating. <laughs> he's Jack Crawford, guys. He is Jack Crawford. Yeah. What an interesting just just as a side note, like sort of the legacy of Jack Crawford as a character mm-hmm. and like his different incarnations, because obviously. You and I know him best, Alex, as Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. And, and that's a pretty very, different Jack. Very different. Much more... Um, what an interesting... Bellowing. <laughs> but, but also, like, kinder. Yeah. He's, he's, he definitely... Fishburne comes across a lot less calculating. Mm-hmm. This, this Crawford is very sterile. Yeah. He's, he's very distant. He's very white. He's very white. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne isn't. Uh, but yeah, Fishburne, he's a much more sort of physical Jack Crawford. He's just, he's a big man who's got big man feelings. <laughs> and there's something endearing about Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just inherently. Yeah. I mean, you know, that Jack Crawford definitely is an asshole a right. lot, yeah. but he's still Lawrence Fishburne, so yeah. you have to like it's him. It's like, yeah, you can have affection for the actor. And uh, that, yeah. Well, yeah. and then, you know, since you've only seen one season, yeah. you haven't even seen him, like, with his wife. Right. And she's played he, by Gina Torres, yeah. his real-life wife, yeah. so that's great. Yeah. They're so good. It's, yeah. He, he gets a lot of great scenes. This yeah. whole episode is just going to be what my whole life it feels like has been with just people telling me to watch Hannibal. <laughs> if you don't want to be told that, you came into the wrong house. <laughs> but 
back to the I version of. I switch over to telling you to watch The Magician. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or now Carnival Row, guys. Oh Carnival Row. Okay. Okay. No, we have to talk about Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yes, that will be difficult. Yes. So, what next? <laughs> what was the next point of order on this film? Do we want to get in? Into the bill stuff I can yet? Get into it whenever you want. Okay, let's get, let's just get it. let's just dive in because, like we said, we could talk forever about all the things that everybody says are going to yes. have this movie. We and we I think was those... really floored by it. Yeah. So I have to like say that right off the bat. Yeah. I was just like knocked yeah. a field by this <laughs> entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had one scene that I felt a little because obviously I come at it from a different angle yes. than than every viewer, but. Um, the scene that I really felt really gross about yes. was when he was doing his makeup. Oh, that's the scene. See, that's because, the scene because... that I knew about, and uh-huh. that's the one, the one scene in the entire movie that actually just made me feel gross yeah. and bad. Mm-hmm. Like, because in queer cinema history, yeah. that's the empowering scene. Yeah. That's the scene where the it's makeover. Like becoming, the makeover, the, yeah. the like feeling yourself, the, the yeah. like, well, finally... And there's moment. like the juxtaposition yeah. of so the like woman a, in the yeah. in the it's well. Like a, it's like yeah. the thing I didn't like about it. Very it queasy. Felt like a per- perversion of like a sacred queer moment. It's it's the cishet gaze on that moment. Yes. Like, looking upon it negatively. Yes, and it yeah it's oh, it's yeah. it's not good. It's not a good yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, that is a thing where it's like, I'm I'm becoming the thing I want to be, and that shouldn't be a bad thing. But, you know, it, it's it's yeah. the shorthand, especially at the time, 1991, yeah. of like, yeah. look at this man yeah. putting yeah. on lipstick. That's the gross thing about it, is that it's clearly making those juxtapositions. And, and, and it's like listing off, like, a checklist of, like, things that they know that we would gross us straight off. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And the only thing that's truly gross about it is the scalp the the, the w- yes. wearing a woman's scalp as a yes. wig yes. yes and that is too subtle for it to really yeah. I mean you do get the close up you do but it's really when he's not doing that his eyebrows yeah and it, i think it's weird the way that it like equates that with putting yeah. on the makeup it's shot exactly yeah. the same way mm-hmm. i i feel like if they remade it to more of a current thing it would be more of like less about yeah. the queerness of it more yeah, about yeah. like the, the, the murderer of part of this. I feel like if I could imagine a version of that scene that wouldn't hit so weird. Yeah. That I think it's just because it it shows the putting on the makeup and the, mm-hmm. the tucking thing. The tuck and the I mean just like the kimono and the, and the... saying in that scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did, yeah. Yeah. Well, and okay, because that scene has like become so famous that it's referenced in other things like just like putting on lipstick is like oh you're a serial killer uh in goddamn that's what makes me mad more than anything in the movie billy madison has a reference to that scene when there's like the steve buscemi the kid he picked on in high school he calls him like hey i just want to say i'm sorry for being an ass in school and steve buscemi's like oh it's cool thanks though and hangs up the phone and then crosses Billy's name off of a list of like people to get, and then starts listening to music and putting on lipstick. Yeah. And you're like, oh, 
I get it. <laughs> this is the thing, because I feel like you could watch a movie in a vacuum and really enjoy it, uh-huh. but then you can look at its impact on pop culture and go like, Welcome to the show! Oh no, the butterfly effect in action. <laughs> yeah. This is like the thing that I remember reading because it came out not that far apart from Silence of the Lambs. I don't know if it came out right before or right after, but when The Crying Game came out, mm. like when it was coming out before people had seen it, there were, like, some trans people who watched it and, like, wrote, like, a whole, like, zine about how it was going to change trans representation in cinema for the better. Mm. And then people noticed the wrong things about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's <laughs> what people are good it at. just made it into jokes. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. But apparently if you watch the movie before that all happened, it doesn't seem as bad. <laughs> I want to hear y'all's thoughts about how Hannibal describes Bill. I had so many thoughts about that. I want to know what they are because it's it's a really hard one to unpack. Because we see Hannibal as the all-knowing figure. It's but, interesting because yeah. we know he's all-knowing, but he's also an antagonist. Mm-hmm. He's an antagonist. And... <sighs> okay, so... And the terminology that the film uses... Bill is an antagonist to him. Yes, yes. yes. So the terminology that the film uses, because it's 1991, it's is, is yeah, they, they, they call, they use the word transsexual. Yeah. And what Hannibal says. And that was the normal word yeah. that everyone would Yeah, that was just, time. that was the standard. Um, I just want to put that on tape just yes. so that when, if we use the word transsexual, We're it's because it's, it's the, yeah. it's the t- terminology of the yeah. film. Uh, Hannibal says that he, Bill, James, is not a transsexual. Not a real. Not a real <laughs> transsexual. So and right? okay, yeah, and but he wants to be, he's trying to be. And I mean, okay. I want to just put a thought out, but I really yeah. want to know what what yeah, you yeah. both think of this because you know, I, I, then Clarice says, "Oh, you know, that's not that yeah. you know, that's that's really a regular behavior for transsexuals. They're very yeah. I don't know well, what she that. tosses that out right away. Right away. She's like, let's she's not like, no, get it twisted. Like, and he's like, he's yeah, like, I know yeah. he's not actually transsexual. And I mean, okay, so like, obviously that's not yeah. normal transsexual behavior to skin women <laughs> and make a woman suit. Like, that's not anything that anybody wants to do when they want to transition. No, no. He is trying to like, turn yeah. into a different person. And yeah. it's not necessarily about his personal, actual gender identity. Yeah. It's this weird other pathology yeah. that he has. Yeah. Okay, now somebody else say something about <laughs> it, please. so many thoughts. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Try for I'm me, please. To, I'm trying to figure out how to organize them best. Uh-huh. I mean, the first thing that, that comes into my mind about the whole conversation is mm-hmm. that they're putting it into the movie, which I feel like props for them, at least for even thinking to try to do this in 1991, mm-hmm. to let people know what they're not doing or what they're trying not to do. Yeah, we're like, okay. they're like... This is not normal. This, this yeah. is not there, what because, these people are like. there's a long history in movies, and especially in horror movies, mm-hmm. of trans killers. Yes, and, and obviously, like... Signs of the Lambs is a really significant part of that legacy. It inspired it's, so much. It did, but it was also coming at a time when there had already been, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of prior movies, like Psycho and Dress to Kill are kind of the main mm-hmm. ones. 
where the killer character like being trans is like explicitly connected by the filmmakers to their desire to yeah. murder people. Mm-hmm. Especially in Dress to Kill, it's literally just said that that is why that character is killing women. Right. At least in Psycho, it's like, oh, no, it's just, like, his mom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I mostly am thinking of, of, like, Dress to Kill is, like, the archetypal one. But mm-hmm. then there's other ones, like, Sleepaway Camp, where it's because of revenge and, and mm-hmm. other different ones. But this movie is clearly at least trying to differentiate itself by using that conversation yeah say like it's worded very poorly. it's worded very weirdly but it's like it's like somebody yeah. trying to be it's, a good, it's like it's like yeah. somebody trying to be a good ally and like yeah. stumbling a lot yeah but, but for 1991 they're making a real effort there was an attempt they're making a real <laughs> effort and they just they do a lot to just show gum as being just really wretched yeah as just a human being like we just get nice fun glimpses of swastikas in his home and i like, felt so differently about the whole thing when that happened because i was like oh, now you have God. context yeah i feel like they should have put that right up front. right you just see a quilt or and you're like oh like, nazi or you like <laughs> mentioned it in sort of like yeah. the background sort of the preliminary stuff so yeah, that like... yeah 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 so i have thoughts yeah. about that mm-hmm. the main thing the main thing that I also like about it is that it allows me to watch the movie and like Clarice. She's so good all the time. Like, I have feelings about how it gazes at like queer rituals. Mm-hmm. 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 And I feel like that undercuts their attempt to try to be like, we don't mean right, right. Mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But I do think at least it's nice that the first thing Clarice says when she feels like it's going there is like, that's not what trans people do yeah this is not she's this like, is not what trans like, is i've studied it and i know she's she's like don't say what i think you're about to say yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like, stop, stop you right there dr lecter i'm canceling you hannibal <laughs> which made me like her more uh-huh uh-huh and then hannibal's right there with her he's yeah. like yeah no you're yeah, right yeah. so like that's important mm-hmm. the thing that is weird to me about that scene yeah yeah the the one thing it's like <laughs> For most, and I was just reading about this, not even thinking before I learned we were going to be watching this movie. Mm-hmm. So it was like weird timing. <laughs> cool. But the history of like gatekeeping for trans people okay. in the U.S. Yeah. Is oh, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. You mentioned and, it when we were watching it. Long and wacky and terrible. And mostly it involves like, for most of the 20th century, because before the 20th century, trans people weren't in the U.S. weren't going to psychiatrists to mm. get help with transition yeah but for most of the 20th century there was this weird thing where if you wanted to go through like an official medical channel to transition um to get hormones and or surgery and in this movie they talk about it like you just go up and you ask for a surgery which is not how it no So that's the first thing where I was like, oh yeah, of course it does that. All the movies do. Yada, May yada, I yada. have a surgery, please? That's like that's what basically they're saying that that Gum was doing, right? Like going to different hospitals and, and, and being denied right. surgeries. And oh no, no surgeries for me. So really, other option, yeah. yeah. What's really funny? I mean, the first to jump off of that, my first thought was like, black market hormones are not hard to come by. <laughs> Yeah, do you know like the context if, of that in, like, the early 90s? Late 80s? I feel like... It, it wasn't safe. 
It wasn't yeah. safe. Oh no, for sure. But it's. But it's neither done. is abducting and murdering <laughs> women. There's so. a context for again, probably like I don't know about '90s specifically because most of the sources I was reading about were more like '70s and '80s. Oh, okay. But but then so that sets up like a precedent. Yeah. At least. So you can kind of assume it was still in that. Mm-hmm. Because like non-binary people weren't recognized at all. Right. And the way that the DSM was worded and everything like laid down a very narrow path for who were considered quote unquote real transsexuals Mm -hmm. and who were people who were supposedly faking it for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. which we now kind of look at as unfortunate pseudoscience. Right. And the thing is like all psychiatrists approving or denying transition like hormones and surgeries for trans women were cis men. And unfortunately, a lot of them chose who to accept or reject for such treatments based on how attractive they thought these people would be as women. (gasps) Well, there it is, folks. Gotta take a little sip of water. (laughs) And as a practice, this went on for a long time. And there was also you know, this whole I thing just... like they didn't think trans women could be lesbians. So in order to approve you for transition, you had to express an interest in men. <laughs> you know, I gotta say though, just back to the point of like a like physical attractiveness to the yeah. people making these decisions. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me because it's also such a thing yeah. of people being like, you know, talking about trans women trying to like trick people and the this idea is the whole idea that like no trans person it's, is actually interested in doing right, right. <laughs> and it's like it's 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 the weirdest most unfair like yeah. double-edged sword mm-hmm. of a thing where it's like you either have to if, trick me or you're tricking me yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't even know what to say. And like it's all repackaged homophobia, too. Sure, of course. Everything is. <laughs> <laughs> Everything bad is... Everything's repackaged homophobia. It's, it's basically just like the same double-edged sword as like when a straight person is like, oh, I don't want gay people to be into me, but what do you mean you're not? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I saw a tweet today, and it was like, um, how come men only notice... Um, or only know how to practice consent when they're in a gay club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thought. Oof, that's oof, yep, 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 yep. that's yeah. too, too real. So anyways, that's the environment with which this person is coming into clinics and being... Right. And 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 other things like, like wanting to wear makeup or whatever. There's all these like barriers. And mm-hmm. that's what we say when we, when we say gatekeeping. Is that yes. We're really like, you have to jump through all these hoops. And so a lot of trans women just lied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? yeah. we. Oh, yeah. I'm totally into dudes. Exactly. Just dudes of the exactly. hottest. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, boy. Yeah. If, yep. yep. You yep. just wait. Well, then, like, again, like the practice of, or like the ritual of doing makeup alone yeah. or in a safe setting is because wearing and that was, makeup out in public was illegal. Yeah. And that was the other yeah. thing is that in a lot of, probably in a lot of middle America, there there were laws that were like anti-cross-dressing yeah. laws. Yeah, this is Ohio. 
Yeah. Like rural Ohio. And, and, and many of those were like, more present in like the Nothing against books. Ohio. Yeah, Sorry, well, Ohio. They, they started becoming. <laughs> Some of them are probably on a lot of the books still, though. Mm-hmm. Probably. And they're just not enforced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like sodomy laws yeah, and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. They're and, just. When it's convenient to enforce them, they like, might be enforced. All that's. All of those laws, like, only started to be dismantled, like, very gradually after Stonewall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like. This is like how many years after Stonewall? Like twenty five years. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, a little bit. I don't know. I don't... Right around that yeah. neighborhood. Ish. So that's like slow for Middle America. Like, mm-hmm. this is a very uncharitable environment to be a trans person in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just the whole I- the whole idea. I can see where for cis people watching the movie then and now, it's a reassuring thought. Like, oh, this character isn't a real transsexual. Mm-hmm. Like, this character's faking it. Yeah, and, they've, they've got some other thing going on. And it just is only interesting to me because, like, the idea that somebody could be not a real transsexual but they want to be would just make you trans now. Right, like... So it isn't actually... They're not actually saying what they think they're saying. Yeah. And that's my main nitpick. Yeah, they really should have just said, like, oh, it's not a gender thing, it's a wanting to be a... Yeah, and that would have been fine. Well, Inhabit the body. And so the I gotta say, I'm super, super curious and hopeful because Brian Fuller has repeatedly talked about wanting to yes. do his own version of Silence of the yes. Lambs, and I want to know how that man would handle the story because I really want to hope he would find a good way to handle it because I don't think it would be impossible. No. Given just his track record, yeah. Yeah. just like pay a consultant. Yeah. Like, I, I think even a writer. Yes. <laughs> wow. And really, yeah, given Fuller's record, like I, yeah. I am very hopeful about his ability to handle yeah. it tactfully. Yeah. Uh, he's smart. I mean, yeah, he already, he took Hannibal and made it so queer. It's so <laughs> queer. Seriously. By the end of the series, Everyone is gay. Like everyone in the show, I have heard this, everyone is gay. There's no straight couples by the end. <laughs> like there's really not. Well, and even using this um, movie as evidence, there's really very little heterosexuality in it. Yes, I was like, gonna comment on that none. actually. Well, yeah, except like, for the, like the gays. Like Clarice's sexuality or romantic attraction to anybody is like never brought She's up. Better no. chemistry with her best friend than anybody. I was just about to yeah. say the only chemistry she has with anyone is with another one. And that's why I pointed out yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, right. It's a very similar situation. It's kind of a vibe there. Where, like, similar dynamic. The two best friends yes. who are women and are in this tough yes. job They're... together are amazing together and you're like, be married. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And like, there's exactly. the scene with the like entomologists. Who she's just kind of like, oh, yeah. she's yeah. amused by them. She's yeah. not threatened by them. Like, she is by the other men who, uh, yeah. like, hit on her. She's, because she's not subordinate to them. Yeah. She doesn't have to, you know, so she, they flirt and she's just like, yeah. oh, you. Like, and, and she, that, the guy who flirts with her, though, like, he's very frank about it. He's, yeah, he's. Like, he's not being sketch about yeah. it. Yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying like, to ask uh, you on a date. <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> No, but that's cute. But no. Yeah, she's not threatened by them. She's in a position of power there. And so it's okay that he did that because she can turn him down safely and comfortably. Exactly. And then she's friends with them later. They go to her graduation. It's so sweet. One of them is sort of hanging out with somebody else there, too. Yeah. Yeah. The the glasses one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The not PhD one. I feel like that scene with Hannibal. It's also funny, though, because Hannibal Lecter is a disgraced 
psychologist. Is mm. he a psychologist or a psychiatrist? He's a psychiatrist. He's a disgraced psychiatrist. And I feel like disgraced psychiatrists say weird things about trans people all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I wonder, because it's like, it's not that he like was bad at psychiatry. It was that yeah. he misused psychiatry. And I mean, he's saying what was the predominant quote unquote wisdom at the time. Yeah. That wasn't going to be challenged by anyone within his group. So like, yeah. I feel like it's not like they did their best. Yeah. Like Hannibal's not a quack. He's, no. he's a lot of things, but he's a good psychiatrist when he wants to be one. Except for this whole movie, he was an evil psychiatrist. <laughs> yes. Because yes. now it's just, you know, it's because all behind he was, him. Yeah. Intentionally triggering his patient. Yeah, yeah. He knows how to do that. I don't know. I feel like I was like I felt yeah. when he was like asking her her childhood questions. Yeah. I was like back in therapy and I'm like, oh, this is how it would be if that were being used for ill. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Evil therapy, psychiatry. therapy session from hell. Yes. It yes, is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the great I gotta say, like, and that's all, you know, right out that of the book. That's my books. favorite part of the movie too. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah, I, I do okay. want to, it's funny, we've talked for a half an hour about Science of the Lambs, we've barely talked about Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Like, yeah. Scary. Super yes. good. Like, there's a reason why that performance defined the character for yes. so long. Absolutely. And it took someone like Mads Mikkelsen to come along right. and, and like. do it very different. Do it, yeah, and just like do his whole own thing mm-hmm. with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I haven't read the book, The Signs of the Lambs, but I have read Red Dragon. Um, so, and yeah, that's really, like, Thomas Harris just does a very good job of writing that character and, and understand, like, I, I don't know much about Harris's, like, writing process or where he came from as an author, but, like, he clearly knew his shit. Right. Like, he, he definitely right. knew enough to make it yes. convincing. Uh, and let's talk about when we first see Hannibal because uh, that our is, reaction was priceless. I was not expecting so we're descending into, into hell, hell into just like staircases, castle yes, staircases and staircases yeah. and, and like doors and and bars and it's so red painted ones and it's so intense and, and the then, corridor with just the, like the, the parade people. of psychos yep. and Migs. I was gonna say we should at least mention Migs because we gotta talk about Migs. Yeah. So, and, and then we come and, to Hannibal Cell. And it's just yeah. like the and starkest contrast. Waiting for him. Yeah, he's... Glass, not bars, glass. And that was one of the things I, had, I hadn't seen. Oh, I my didn't goodness. Know. Oh. That's like the iconography. Yeah, it's so iconic. I'm so glad had, that you hadn't seen I, that. That's where, that's where was, X-Men got it from. It that's where everything got it from. Building to something, and I was like... What? What's gonna happen? What? And he's just standing there so pleasant... Just waiting. It's exactly the right dramatic choice. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because if he had been, like, sitting there posed, you'd be like, okay, he's intentional. Yeah. But not necessarily, like, a demonic force. But he's yeah. just ready for her. He's mm-hmm. just yeah. waiting. Yeah. Like, like he hasn't, well, he does have nothing else to do, but, yeah. like. And he has nothing but composure. Yeah, I mean, compared, you know, Miggs is like crawling on the bars, yeah. and Hannibal's just standing there, his hands behind his back, just pressed coveralls, slicked so hair, oh. just those yeah. eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he really does a transformation in this movie too. Yeah, from that really composed intellectual, um, and then 
when they transport him, yeah. his hair's a little ruffled and he has the mask on. Uh-huh. His hair looks like like spikes almost. Yeah. And he's yeah. he's just a monster at that point. It's interesting because we see him like devolve into like almost a classic movie monster. Uh-huh. And, and then, then the mask. And then at the end he is totally composed uh-huh. into yeah. a new normal person. Form. Just just blending in like any yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. The scene where he where he just really goes to town, huh? Where this busting out scene. So, like, oh. so this movie is nineteen ninety one, and it completely disrupts your expectations of what's gonna happen. Yeah, because he has like a little pen cap. Yeah, he's stolen part of Chilton's pen. Yes. and I thought he was gonna use it as a weapon. Same. Mm-hmm. But he uses it to pick the handcuffs. Yeah. And then he just takes them down with his hands. And they're just like, uh-oh, what do I do? Yeah, he cuffs <laughs> one of them to the bars. He smashes the other yes. guy, maces him in bites the face, him. bites him. And this is the him. disadvantage of carrying mace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just, he, he had a plan. He had such a plan because he's like, okay, here's what yeah. I'm going to do. I'm going to steal this part of the pen. I'm going to pick the lock when they bring me the food. I'm not going to use it to try and stab somebody because that would be foolish. That wouldn't right. work. I'm going to steal their weapons. I'm going to cut somebody's face, face off, off and wear it. And then like he's almost like, he's probably kind of an elitist and he's trying to show up. Oh, he's oh, like, oh, is it just common Yes. Yeah, he, he's smarter than them, and he knows yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Hannibal Lecter is classist. He could, he could, he could, he could have escaped yeah. in an, well, maybe not easier, but in a different way that yeah, would have been less showy. Yeah. <laughs> right, he embarrassed them. He hung the guy up like fucking eagle. Yeah. He made them shoot their own officer. Yeah. Even though he was already dead. He was already, yeah, but yeah, just to humiliate him mm-hmm. further. But I can imagine, so I had already figured out by then that he, he had done the switch. Yeah. I had wondered. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. but it would have been cool if he, he had been on top of the elevator yeah. because, and then saying like completely still when you get shot is so See, scary. Yeah. That was the moment where I was like, <laughs> you're like, that's, that's something that's else. That's a dead body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's still such a good moment. It's so good. I mean, just movie full of good moments. Pace of this film. And then the the, when he like revels in the music when he's bitten that guy and there's blood. And yeah, just listening to the music and then you hear the other guy like try to get away and he's like interrupted and he's like, "All right, let's finish this." Interrupt me. Like he's just. (laughs) He's like, "Ugh, right. I was in the middle of something." (laughs) Because he's not there for like the crime of it all. Like he's there for like this is enjoyable to me yeah and it's not it's not a passionate crime like mm-hmm. he's just doing his work right like he's he doesn't you know like um chilton said you know his heartbeat didn't get above like 80 and yeah. yeah he's just like yeah. fine he's just doing his work you know that's what makes him so terrifying yeah, yeah it really is <laughs> okay what haven't we gotten to yet I feel like we got all the big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like I have like one more note on Jame Gum and how it could be better. Let's get back to Jame. <laughs> We've had our little Hannibal interlude. I feel like there's emphasis on like him having this like terribly traumatic backstory, but we never find out right. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's the kind. Of, okay, so that's the kind of thing that's definitely elaborated on in the book. That like I sense. can tell you, because yeah. having you know, seen right. the films that are based on Red Dragon, having watched right. the TV show based on Red Dragon, uh, like there's 
Harris gets into the head right, of the right, killers. Right, right. So I'm sure it's in there. Right. I'm sure it's all there. And it's right. just, there's only so much time in a film. Exactly. And it's it's so impeccably paced that exactly. if they tried to put anything else in there, it yeah. would break. And the real focus of any sort of flashback is definitely of Clarice's flashback. Right, we yeah. see. And how, okay, like, Oscar just for those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. they were so jarring but smooth at the same time. They're just like, yeah. she's walking to her car. Oh no, where am I? Oh, I her childhood home! I was like, both of like the main ones where she's at the funeral home and when she's walking mm-hmm. out to her car, they were really jarring, but it felt accurate mentally to how that Right, it's like she's being goes. like thrown it's, back. Yeah, it's first person. Exactly. And there's so much good first person camera work in this movie. Mm. But other movies have first person camera work that even works well. I, I couldn't. I couldn't name anything um, off the top of my head. Other than the movie that Jonathan Demme made right after this, <laughs> Philadelphia. Right. Ugh. Woo. That's another episode. Uh, yeah. I was about to say. I feel like this guy is just like the king of making problematic movies that you can't help but say are good movies. Right. anyway. Because he's just so fucking good. He's just good at making movies. Ugh. Yeah. Just. I mean, the, the intensity of this film, yes. it just holds you. It, it never lifts you. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the just, on. Oh. I, I was in the middle of the couch while we watched this between these two. And it, it was just, like, radiating anxiety just coming at me from both sides. It was delicious. Well, because, okay, so I, one shot that I think of immediately is when she's in the childhood home of the first victim. Yes. Or... The first victim. Yeah, Francesca. Francesca. Mm-hmm. Um, she's doing the whole, like, panning the room yeah. and, like, looking for clues. Yeah. In any other movie, in a less tactful movie, yeah. it would be like, jump, 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 yeah. jump. In it's like, it's these... Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like, there would be, like, glowing trunks. Yeah. 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 It would be glowing. And, well, and you know, I, I think there's some really great subtlety with like Clarice being good at this case because she is a woman she understands things and thinks about these things from the perspective of the victims in the way that her male peers aren't quite able to get there you know she's looking in the little treasure box and then she's like this is a hiding place there is a secret in here Mm -hmm. and she finds the raunchy photos place where you put secret things because mm-hmm. it's a music box that's yeah. a very special thing it, yeah she just she saw one and she's like this is something and she found it and tell you what jack crawford wouldn't have. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly and i feel like it the thing that like beyond just the craft of it mm-hmm. the thing that like clinches it as a really masterful movie for me is the way that it gets inside her head and depicts her as having like full real interesting thought process <laughs> right. that a person would have yeah rather than being a plot pawn which i feel like most movie detectives oh, yeah. are well and like, like a utility to solve the mystery how how terrible would it have been if she hadn't because like hannibal specifically says this ever he says you know you're you would yeah. be so fascinating to know in private life yeah. like he's he knows that she yeah. has these depths and if the film didn't reflect that it would just fall Flat. Exactly. Exactly. It wouldn't work. It has to show that she's an interesting person and that her unique way of, not even unique, but specific way of looking at things 
is what allows her I mean, to she solves well. the case. She yes, do it. By actually just doing her job that exactly. nobody had done up until then. She oh, let it. me interview the friend of the victim. What? Oh, knows so-and-so? Let's go see, check up on them. Oh, look, <laughs> the murderer's house. <laughs> but it's funny because I feel like most movies that show one person being more competent than everyone around them do it in a very cartoonish way. Right. And right. in this movie, it's always 100% plausible. It's, yeah, we don't see other people, like, making dumb mistakes. Yeah. We just see her... Finding these yes. special insights. Yes. yes. You know, she's just the person for the job. And it makes her so fun to watch. She's so good. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. And her little accent. Yes. Oh. She's the middle so of her good. face the whole damn movie. She's those beautiful eyes and yes. she's just like so earnest. Oh my God. She's just yeah. trying so hard. As a Jodie Foster fan, this movie is like, oh, like crack. I don't it's know. It's perfection. <laughs> She's so good, the whole And not in, like, damn. an actory way, either. No! That's what makes it really amazing. And I like, think I was expecting like, that. Like, oh, yeah. Because of the Oscar. Right. Anthony Hopkins, like, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins has to do the weird character. He's, he's so big. He's so, so big, over the top. But, also, but, yeah. but, like, so you, like, oh, you're, like, whoa, that's acting. Her, it's, like, whoa, that's a person. Yeah, yes. It's so real. <laughs> yeah. that's the a moment. Being a person. I'm not the first person to say this, but the line delivery when she you she knows and he knows when she's in Gum's house and she yeah. says, May I use your phone please? Yeah. And it's just like Yeah. Oh God, how'd you say it that way? Like how'd you get that moment so right where right. she's and he's like giggling and she's yeah. just like holding it together yeah. so hard. Yeah. And then when he looks away for a brief second just flips the Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, oh. yeah. Oh. Anybody who hasn't seen this movie and is listening to this has no idea what this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with film, like, there's no point in recapping this yeah. plot. Right. Like, yeah. it's, it's from 91. It's as old as I am. It's not gonna do it justice either. No, right. it's yeah. like, yeah, if it's, you it gotta would, just see it. it would I mean, sound like it would sound kind of average to describe it. Right. Well, you had read a synopsis. Like, you, Alex, mm -hmm. hadn't you? Oh, I thought that you had no, said that I, you did. I had just known some stuff about it. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that's a thing you tend to do. Sometimes. <laughs> it, it is horror. Yeah. And I don't plan on seeing it. I'll, I'll sometimes look, read the synopsis and be like, okay, that's cool. But uh -huh. in some cases, I do end up seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, my mind is just still... And it's wild because, like, I've seen this movie, like, a handful right. of times right. and still coming back to it. Like, it's been, granted, like, a couple of years right. um, since I've actually watched it. So, but it's just so exhilarating to come back <laughs> with new people. It's like, oh, damn, this is good. It's really good. Okay, but, and we had we had talked about this when we, after we turned the movie off. We do have to watch the film Hannibal at right. some point just right. to, to compare and contrast. I'm totally okay with watching any and every Hannibal Lecter related media thing. Welcome. Um, Welcome. The one I had seen before actually that I forgot about was um, the movie Manhunter. That's from the 80s. Oh, the one with Brian Cox. Yes. That's the one I haven't seen. I can't get my hands on it. It's a good movie, but Brian Cox is very hammy in it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, <laughs> one could accuse Hopkins of I mean, the same. <laughs> in a different way. Like he's yeah, like it's different. If, if it had been yeah, shot yeah, yeah. differently, 
his performance could have been well, way and more. that's the other thing is that like Manhunter is is again a really good movie, mm-hmm. but it's mostly it's mostly focusing on Will Graham, like, mm-hmm. and it's like. Hannibal is in, I think, three scenes in the Well, and film. that's the case with Red Dragon, the right. book. Hannibal yeah. Lecter's in, in three scenes. Like, he speaks but to him three times. The, those scenes are, like, as I remember them, entirely in, like, canted angle fish islands. Yeah, I, I have seen <laughs> clips of it, and it's very weird in 80s it's and disorienting. Really very, very bright, <laughs> just, like, white walls, and you're just like, ah! It's one of those movies that has, like, this, like, blaring synth soundtrack and a, <laughs> lot, of, a lot of neon. And it's very 80s. It's so 80s, which I love, but I feel like it doesn't okay, necessarily yeah. work for the Hannibal scenes. We're gonna watch Hannibal, and we're gonna watch Red Dragon. Yes. Red Dragon's better than Hannibal, but it's still gonna... I gotta say, I really don't care for Edward Norton, especially not as Will Graham. That sounds like a weird choice. It's a weird choice, right? Yeah, you're like, like the one role. Yeah, I'd like the one time that. He's so like calm and skinny. Well, I just got like the one time where I'm like, oh, okay, Edward Norton. That Fight Club. It's like, okay, Edward Norton. Everything else, it's like, Edward Norton. I mean, maybe. Maybe his supporting roles in Wes Anderson movies. Sure. Why yeah, not? Yeah. Why not? Wes Anderson have, knows what to do with an actor. He doesn't have a lot of weight to carry there. No. <laughs> no. But, yeah, he's a very weird choice for Will Graham. I gotta say, I didn't like anything he did in Red Dragon. Like, <laughs> I just can't. Who else is in Red Dragon? I mean, Anthony Hopkins. Again, uh, and um, Dollar Hyde is played by Rafe Fiennes. Ooh. It's pretty good. And Freddie Lowndes is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. The scene Aww. that they Aww. have together, I know. The scene that honestly their scene when when Dollarhide abducts mm-hmm. uh Lowndes, best scene in the entire film. Oh, I'm sorry for that. Best. You're right. You you know when it's like yeah, in the in the TV show it's it's not Lowndes, but it's yeah. yeah. <sighs> you got to watch Hannibal. You can watch this show, Leonora. You got to watch it. It's what? tough. The season 3 beginning of season no no it's the beginning of season two is tough because it's very different mm-hmm. like, it's very like wibbly like it's just very, well each season is really a very different uh, beast in between serious shows right now so i can make that my next I was okay well i own the, the blu-rays so yeah i've got i've got all the blu-rays um but yeah, I think I think we should make this a thing and come back to all yes. the Hannibal Lecter related materials, really... and it'll be our little club. <laughs> uh, this movie was also a great follow up to season two of Mindhunter. Yeah, the same, I also need to watch. the same, <laughs> the same um, uh, branch at the FBI. Right, behavioral sciences. Behavioral sciences, and the same sort of you know thing things and figures and like talking about like right. oh that's what these type of people do. Profiling, profiling. in a practical way, mm-hmm. trying to profile like, in order well, to catch know, somebody. They, they hunt within their own groups. In their and ethnic groups. And yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, no, like Jodie Foster just really holds the movie together. I think Yeah. she grounds it and it's such a big job. It's such a big job because it's just so much what you, between Hannibal Lecter and yes. James Gum yes. to hold this film yes. down to the ground yes. is a yes. wild thing. And Did she's you, the center of it. Absolutely. Absolutely is up to the task. Did you know that Anthony Hopkins based his voice for Hannibal Lecter on Katherine Hepburn? 
Oh. That's what he's doing. He's doing that like a transatlantic so thing. much sense. I was wondering the whole time. Like, why what is that like, accent? Yeah, I was like, what? Of course it's Catherine Hepburn. And then there's a moment when he's interviewing her and he sort of switches to her accent. He, he mimics her draw. He mimics That's her so accent scary. really well and it is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. He's so mean. Yeah. He's so mean. He's I, brutal to her in that scene. Just tearing her to shreds. My favorite thing I think he's, everybody loves the, the fava beans and a nice Chianti line. Everybody loves that line. It's wild. But I gotta say, you know what you look like with your you nice bag and your cheap movie. shoes? You look like a rube. <laughs> I just, I, your nice bag and your cheap shoes. You know what proves to me that she's the bravest human of all time? Is when she's upset at what he said. So she starts yes. off and then the next door guy. Migs does, does his Migs thing. Does his Migs thing and it's the most horrifying thing you can it imagine. Was really disgusting. It was. She goes back. Because he's like, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Agent Sterling, come back. do that? Like, would be brave enough to go back? Well, she doesn't even like go for a towel first. Right. She's because she's, she's a professional. She's there to do her job. And he's and I and I, I mean and that gives Lecter such depth as a character yeah. for him to be like, I am so sorry that that happened to you. Like I can't even imagine. Yeah. And I will make this up to you. By like murdering you me. are here because of me, and that happened to you, and I can't stand for it. So yeah. I'm gonna give you another clue yeah. and I'm gonna kill Migs just because I've gotta on principle. <laughs> like that's fascinating. Like he doesn't he's... just wanna hurt her. Yeah, like no, he wants to hurt her very specifically. Yeah. And I don't know if he he's wants so... to break her. Mm-hmm. He's so sassy sometimes. He's so sassy. <laughs> fly fly. <laughs> and when he's like to, to the senator, he's like, "Love the coat." Love, no, love the suit. <laughs> love the I suit. Was like, we were both saying that we loved her look. Yeah, and love, like, love your suit. suit. It's so oh good. He's, I was worried that he was gonna like try to hurt her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, what is he gonna do? Against her. Every outfit Clarice wears. Mm-hmm. Practical, but. This, Iconic. Like, yes. Her green coat. Her green coat. She has that little like um, uh, burgundy uh, polo. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She just. Mm-hmm. She just and looks then like great. it's like a houndstooth or plaid. Yeah, her little suit. Blazer. Oh yeah, she's adorable and her little auburn bob. Mm, love it. Love it. She has two hairstyles in the movie, and they're both perfect. Yes. The ponytail one at the very beginning, mm-hmm. when she's running, and then just the blow. Perfect blowout. <laughs> and like you said, everything about her look is back in now. Yeah, she's it got is. like the old man shoes on. Yes. She's got the full sweatsuit. So good. <laughs> so good. All right, do we have any last things that we didn't get to say? I don't know. I wasn't expecting to like this movie. Yeah. Because... I know people in my demo who hate it, mm-hmm. and I do not blame anybody who does. Right. <laughs> but I love it. I knew it was going to be good. I didn't expect to be, like, floored. I was, floored. like, blown the fuck away. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a real reason why it's so iconic. Yeah. And, like, it's not, it's not just a great film. Like, it changed film. It It changed Hollywood. It started a genre of film that didn't really exist. Like, you know, there had been Manhunter, there had been detective movies, movies, but the the serial killer film didn't really exist like this. It made it like an 
A-list genre. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a high like, drama. The kind of movie that could win Oscars, which it well, definitely had and not been before. The funny thing is, like, it had been conceived of as a horror film, but right. once it became acclaimed, now it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. And it has horror vibes, though. Like, oh my god! Skin, lots of skin. And the, what I mean that the climactic scene with the with the night vision goggles. Yeah. He's a literal monster. Yes. He is a movie monster that was, hunting that was the her. Only point so terrifying in the movie where I was like thinking too much about her acting. Yeah, uh, I thought of I that. I was like. I was She's thinking, in a lit room. Obviously. I was thinking, yeah. what a weird scene to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked it because it was, again, more of that first person stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then that's when I was noticing her, like, acting. Right. Yeah. Up until that point and from then on, it's, yeah. like, personing. I had the same experience, so that's yeah. the one thing that I noticed. But, like, that's a really... That's a weird thing to play. Like, how, yeah. Yeah. how do you... You can't see anything. Yeah. You can't see anything and you're terrified. Go. But there's perfect lighting because we're filming you. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. Uh, so no, no, like yeah. But the fact that he's there and his hand, it's just it's, so it's terrifying enough that so it creepy. it's carried. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And the one thing I'll say that I do like about their treatment of gum, even though I have definite issues with it. Mm-hmm. They have the Nazi bed sheets. Nazi. Nazi poster. Nazi quilt. Nazi poster. They make it impossible to have any sympathetic read of this uh, character, which is crucial. Yeah, he's he's a, which a is monster. Another reason they might have left out the, the child. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they didn't want to make the character too sympathetic, yeah. which I understand. I just wish that that one scene had been framed yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's like, oh, this isn't about gender. This is about Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> they could have really leaned into that. Yeah. Uh, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Fuller gets a chance and if I he hope does. So. Oh, that let's is... pray oh, every night. <laughs> Buffalo Bill, a Nazi who wears people's skin. Yeah, yes. just it's a whole other thing. <sighs> okay, well, I think we've fully talked out this movie until we stop recording, and, and then, and then, then we, we freak out some more. <laughs> I don't know. I was. I'm still picking my brain up off the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's wild to me that I am considering that I've seen You've it. Even seen it. I've before. seen it many times, and it just still. It's exciting. Uh, it's so good. It isn't just an exciting to watch movie. It's like it has no downtime. Right. Yeah. But and it's yeah. It, it feels like a marathon you're running, but you're you're yes. like invested well, fully. When we, were, when we were trying to like say things during the movie, and we just like, couldn't. You're like you don't have enough time. You're like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait to see if something happens and I get I can see something real quick. Can't. I was expecting because usually I feel like when I watch movies and especially when I watch movies with friends, mm-hmm. I'll I just have little reactions like mm-hmm. oh, something that happened or like whatever you know. But there's no time. You can't. You can't. Like it's a good thing that I had seen it because there were moments where I was like, oh, they they said yes, a thing that you need I to know. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Because you almost missed the fact that Migs was dead. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I love movies that have no filler. I love movies that make me sweat. It's... <laughs> That's what this was. No wasted time. No wasted time. Like, no even, wasted even the beginning when, you know, you're just seeing her training. Yes. It's not filler because you get clues. Oh, FBI. It tells so much story. I was so already impressed with the movie, like, and two then, seconds. <laughs> and, then the, and then the credits are happening, and they're so jarring. Yes. And you're like, ooh, I can't focus on what's happening. I had to look through those giant credits. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. very imposing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it just, it does such a good job of exposition. And, but yes. also, like, immediately 
making you on edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that just like really dramatic music yeah. playing as she's just jogging through the woods. Yeah. I was nervous. I was already nervous. Yeah, you're like, oh no, what's gonna like, happen kind of to this lady? Of, like, she's running away from something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or even just woman alone. In the woman woods. alone, running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dramatic music. Oh yeah. no. Yeah, like some, and then alert, the, alert. The Twin Peaks font, but in black <laughs> and white. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what a what a skillful job of exposition where it's like, yes. okay, we know where we are. We know what she is. Yes. We know, okay, Jack Crawford is important. And yep. she has to talk to him. This yep. is irregular. And then he goes through, lists her credentials. And there's a reason why he's doing this. And it yep. totally works. And so and, we yep. know what their relationship exactly. is. And, and even the murder, it's like the first room she goes into says skins on the wall. Right. I saw that. And then she goes into the next room. And, and there's all the clippings. And she just and looks the... at it. And then they get to talking about it. So it's like, okay, I know what's happening here. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. All right. We really got to wrap it up or we're never going to stop. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, let's do recommendations now. I mean, my recommendation is the show I'm watching, Carnival Row. Woo! I, I know. It's... I'm a little bit ahead of you. I didn't watch mm-hmm. the episode because you said I could watch it without you. Yes, totally allowed. I'm doing rehearsals for a play right now, so you do not have to um, wait for me. And so it's it's just like way different than I imagined it or than, than it was like sort of advertised. Mm-hmm. It was sort of advertised with like... Lots of mist and like no like concrete. Yeah, they really gave you nothing. What's happening? Um, but really, the performances are stellar. And the best Orlando Bloom performance I've ever like, seen. As soon so as you're like, <laughs> I remember what, like watching the first two episodes. I was like, you know what? This is a really good show, but I kind of really wish I knew what happened. The, in the backstory. The and then third episode, episode three, it's like bad. The whole episode is backstory. <laughs> so you're like, okay, cool. You I did don't it. Have any complaints anymore? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I was watching. And then what was the show that the other? I feel like I was watching another show that Will was wanting to. Watch. Oh, we we were we started watching Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. I haven't ventured further than the first episode. Yeah, we enjoyed it a lot though. It, yeah. yeah, it was. It's good. You were like blown away by every single like environment shot. shot. Yeah, every single time. <laughs> Look at it, it's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is though. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations, Leonora? I have a couple. Great. Go for it. Um, what are my recommendations? Steven Universe, the movie. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> the songs. Oh so my songs. gosh. Like, it needs to be a stage musical immediately. Yes. I have yes. had other friends stuck in my head for like three same. days. Same. Three days. Oh, same. What so did that's... she say about me? What <laughs> did she say? <laughs> did you do without me? What did you do? <laughs> I love it. Just That's the main recommendation. Oh my gosh. Like For real. Happy, but yes. also some lessons. A nice little bit of angst there in the middle. Lots mm-hmm. of good fighting too. Cool fighting. Yes. Just, oh. With the scythe. Yes. Just arms everywhere. Too. That's yeah. really good too. Another fight. Yeah, I haven't watched it all. Yeah. Yes. So that's so that's that was the last really great thing I watched. Um, I will also cautiously recommend the HBO show Euphoria. Yeah, I've heard I've heard good things. It is good. It's exhausting. Mm. It's just like a dark night of the soul for eight <laughs> hours. <laughs> oh no! But it's really good. 
and it has a good trans character and a lot of like body positivity stuff, which That's I was nice. really not expecting for a mainstream television show to have. Hmm. And it's just like teen soap garbage, but well done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard good things for sure. And because we watched Silence of the Lambs, my last recommendation is going to be the nineteen eighties movie Something Wild, which is directed by Jonathan Demme, the same director of Silence of the Lambs. Okay. It is less known and it is a wild ride. It <laughs> yeah. is a comedy that slowly turns into a thriller. Hmm. Interesting. And it is about a wild, pathological liar dominatrix lady who kidnaps a yuppie businessman and takes him on a wild adventure. Love everything. That's <laughs> good. That's good. Okay. Noted. <laughs> um, okay. So, I've already told you guys, but I saw it chapter two. Yeah. I just want to briefly mention it because this is the only remotely reasonable time to bring it up. Because <laughs> uh, it won't be coming up again. Yeah, I d- well, I mean, I have some thoughts on it. I could, I could make just an entire video on my, my thoughts about this film. Like, Will and I were just talking about it for like a couple hours after we saw it. That's not a good thing in this <laughs> right. case. Right. Boy, uh, it's, yeah, I I love the first one. Alex just saw the first one the yeah, first yeah. time, like last week. Um, it just, it doesn't, it's not, it's not the same. It's not, it's not. And like the performances are good. There's nothing wrong with what anybody is doing. It's just a poorly paced movie. And it just really like I'm so disappointed. It just really steps on its own toes a lot. Uh, anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> I'm gonna see it sometime within the next week ish. Mm-hmm. I am not gonna go see it alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like it was fun to see it in the theater and see all the big crazy stuff that happens in this coke fueled story <laughs> god damn it stephen king stephen king has a fun cameo i've heard this I've he heard does he does and it's great honestly it's like one of my favorite parts of the film uh <laughs> did you have a rowdy audience no it's actually very few people in the oh, show nice. with us we saw it at 7 p.m on a friday it was like like not many people not many people yeah like my first movie going experience after moving back from Seattle, a town where no one talks at the movies, uh-huh. was to go see The Farewell, which is also a good movie I would recommend, but it, which is a really quiet movie. Mm. It's like mostly people talking and then long stretches where no one talks at all. Mm. And these two old guys just like ramble, ramble, ramble about the movie. Oh, the whole two hours. That. Yeah, when I saw uh, It Chapter One in the theaters, it was it was kind of a noisy audience, and I was really annoyed yeah. by that. But just not many people in the showing, so right. um, it was fine. That was not the problem. <laughs> the movie, oh, the no. movie itself. Yeah, so my actual recommendation, because anytime one of these comes out, we gotta mention it. Movies with Mikey. The new one came out. It's about James Bond in general and Skyfall in particular. Mikey's a smart Skyfall man. First, we gotta oh. watch Skyfall, Alex. <laughs> you gotta watch it and then listen to me complain about it afterwards. <laughs> the last James Bond movie I've seen was 
Die Another Day. Oh, wow. Mm. And I liked that movie then when I saw it. Yeah. So you haven't seen Casino Royale? Nope. I haven't seen any of... I mean, you have to see Mads Mikkelsen wailing on Daniel Craig's balls with a rope. Like, (laughs) that happens in this movie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It's so funny. I think Casino Royale is the only actually good Bond movie hot take of the century. That is a hot take. (laughs) That is a real hot take. Uh, But Mikey's video is... Super smart, super interesting. He has some really fascinating things to say about the Bond franchise and legacy and the way that Skyfall is sort of the culmination of all of that history because it is very much a Bond movie about Bond movies and about being James Bond and what that means and what that means now. Uh, Great, great video. Movies with Mikey. Always good. Subscribe to Film Joy. (laughs) Just do it. Also for their other show. Everything. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Deep. There's a new deep dive out. I haven't watched it yet. What's wild, that? wild west. Oh, we have to watch, we have to watch it tonight. We're going to do that. Okay. okay. We got to end Bye. this. <laughs> Fuck all of you. We're, going We're to done. <laughs> We're done here. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to pop in real quick here at the end because we are inconsiderate dunces. We forgot to ask Leonora to plug her internet stuff and we should have done that. So if you want to check out her internet things, which are cool and interesting, you can find her on Twitter at Leo Lermontov, L-E-O-L-E-R-M-O-N-T-O-V. She also writes very smart and interesting film reviews on letterboxd.com slash Leonora the Lion, L-E-O-N-O-R-A-T-H-E. L-I-O-N. Go check her out because she's smart and cool. And if you're not convinced of that by the end of this episode, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, here's the outro. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. You can check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates and news or to just chat with us and become our best friend. Talk to us about Hannibal Lecter and what your favorite version of him is, what movies you like. Let's talk about Hannibal. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, love love the the suit. suit.